Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, bobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it! Touchdown! Touchdown! Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket, his shot, no good. Put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one. Down in seven for the Red Hawks with a three-point lead. Game on the line on this play. Ragland waits for the shotgun snap, extends the hands, catches the ball. He's looking to throw from the one. His pass. Intercepted. Yeah. Yeah. to the yeah. end zone. Touchdown. Bearcats. Yeah. Yeah. Bearcats. Picked it off. And Cincinnati has the lead. With one seven to go. Left. Copain driving to the bucket. Bank shot. Around the rim. It's good. It's good. It counts. It's good. And we're going to overtime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the latest episode of the Go Beer Cats podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and we have a doozy of a show for you today. Whether you're listening to this in October or November as the Bearcats basketball team is getting ready to take the hardwood, we have you covered for the preseason expectations, talking all things Bearcats basketball with the legend himself, the voice of the Bearcats, Dan Horde. I don't want to waste any time in bringing him on. I talk a little bit of football with him. We're number two in the country. We got to do that. I couldn't miss out on the opportunity to talk to him about football. From there, we jump right in to the basketball uh, expectations, the, the brand new almost roster the new coaching staff, some familiar faces on the coaching staff. We get into all of it. Before that, there's only one thing we got to do. The beer of the podcast. I went with a dessert beer tonight, S'mores Stout Pastry Stout, 8%. Uh, It's coming uh, out of uh, Untitled Art out of Wisconsin. I mean, it's a s'more stout. What do you think it has in it? Uh, Vanilla beans, cocoa nibs, candy syrup, milk sugar. It's delicious. Easily a four and a half out of five. I'm sipping on that throughout the interview. Let's bring the man in himself. I'm super excited for this. I hope you like it as much as I do. Here he is, Dan Horde. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today has been the voice of the Bearcats for quite a while now, since the year 2000, I do believe. He's one of the best in the business. I have on the episode tonight to talk all things UC basketball, Mr. Dan Horde. Dan, how's it going, sir? Brandon, it's going great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, like I said, I'm very excited to have you on here. I've I've had uh, both of your partners on before uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, Terry Nelson as well as Jim Kelly Jr. So I thought it was high time that we get uh, you on here to, uh, to talk a little bit of, about the Bearcats as well. Sounds good. You've uh, you've had some all-star subjects on your podcast that's excellent uh that's for sure uh like i I tell the listeners i think every episode gets a little bit better uh and i'm i know that uh there's a lot of people excited for this one uh so i i I, the first thing i I really wanted to ask you dan is you're whenever we see you or or we see you on social media or or tv or one of the thousand things that you do you're always the one interviewing is it weird to be the one answering the questions (laughs) <laughs> a little bit. I do podcasts from time to time, so this is not completely foreign to me. But yeah, it's always a little bit different to be on the uh, the opposite side of the uh, interview exchange. 
Uh, okay, all right. Well, well, we'll try to make this as painless as possible. Uh, the the premise of uh, my blog and and the uh, the podcast itself is you know it's called the Go Bearcats podcast. So we do uh, we talk. 90% about the Bearcats, but we do talk a little bit about local beer or, or breweries as well. Uh, to, I always start the show with a beer of the podcast. Uh, this one is, is not from uh, Cincinnati. It's actually a, a s'mores stout out of Wisconsin. Uh, it, do you yourself uh, partake in, in the local brewery scene at all? Do you have a, do you have a go-to brewery that you like to go to uh, on your nights off or, or after a big game? Well, I do enjoy my craft beers. Uh, not so much a go-to. I really like the variety, but I'm an IPA drinker, so I'm always looking to find the latest hop bomb IPA. So the more the the more bitter, the better is kind of my taste profile, and I like to try them all. I didn't know it was possible to become a, a bigger fan of you, Dan, but uh, I think <laughs> so. You're more of a, a West Coast IPA type of guy. Uh, I like the West Coast, but uh, honestly, I really enjoy the variety. There's so much great stuff out there, not just in the IPA category, obviously, but the stouts and everything else. So uh, I really just enjoy trying new things. One of the great things about going on the road with the teams that I cover is getting to try the local beers uh, the night before the game. Generally, not more than one in my case, uh, since I have to get up early the next morning and then be ready to go. But uh, I do like to sample things. Uh, wherever I am, that's awesome. That's that you have plenty of opportunity to do so. That's that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and so you know, the show uh, I, I do, like I said, I want to talk uh, a lot about the basketball. There's so many questions surrounding the, the the basketball team with with everything that seems like it's it's new and not we're not very well acquainted with it. But I, I can't uh, you know I can't give miss this opportunity to talk some Bearcats football with you if even if it's just for a minute, you know, our, our cats are ranked number two in the nation. Uh, do you care if we answer some football questions first? Of course not. No, I'd love to talk about this team. Absolutely. All right. That's awesome. Uh, from, from your, from your perspective, I mean, with everything that's going on, we're, the Bearcats are sitting six and oh, two huge, uh, road wins, uh, over, uh, you know, Indiana and Notre Dame from, from your point of view, how fun has this season been so far? been incredibly fun the only season that compares would be the 2009 season when they went undefeated during the regular season and and made it to the sugar bowl without their head coach unfortunately uh but it's been great these are the types of things you dream about when you get into sports broadcasting uh, most announcers don't have this opportunity frankly so i feel very lucky to be the play-by-play announcer for a team that's climbed to number two in the country and i've got my fingers crossed that uh I'll have the opportunity as an announcer and we'll all have the opportunity as fans to see the Bearcats have the opportunity to compete in a 14 playoff. That would, that's, that's the dream. Uh, there's uh, that's, I mean, that's one of my points that I have here for you as a fan and, and, you know, a diehard fan that's, you know, well invested into uh, the athletics program. I'm really tired of hearing about the Bearcats schedule. Uh, whether you know it's that's the the first thing people will bring up to to knock the Bearcats uh, down off the pedestal. What uh, what is your take on on the schedule and and how can the Bearcats overcome that? Really, well, unfortunately, it means Cincinnati's going to need some help. Um, obviously, if you have undefeated teams in the Power Five conferences, that could squeeze Cincinnati out 
of the four-team playoffs. So I, I hate to root for other schools to lose, but uh, that's the position we find them ourselves in. So if Oklahoma loses, that's good. If Oklahoma State loses, that's good. Michigan, Michigan State, Georgia, et cetera. Realistically, seeing Alabama pick up a second loss would be extremely helpful. Seeing no undefeated team come out of the Big 12 would be extremely helpful. And seeing Ohio State and or Michigan and or Michigan State defeat the other two head-to-head would be helpful. We want as, as few undefeated teams to emerge from those other conferences as possible. Is the I don't think they can do it, but is is the system so rigged against UC that an undefeated Wake Forest gets in over the Bearcats? Uh, I unfortunately I could see that happening. Now I don't believe that Wake Forest is going to run the table. They have a road game at Clemson late in the regular season. I know Clemson has struggled, but they've got the longest home winning streak in the country. It's at thirty one and counting. Uh, it should be thirty three by the time they host Wake Forest. So. I don't see the Demon Deacons going undefeated, but if they did, yes, I do think the committee would take an undefeated ACC team over Cincinnati, even though the Bearcats would undoubtedly be ranked higher in the AP poll. That's wild. That's wild. So whether uh, it's a single player or or a unit altogether, uh, what's the biggest surprise for you so far? Wow. Honestly, I can't say I'm all that surprised. I expected them to be undefeated at this point. Maybe the fact that they won by double digits on the road against the Notre Dame team that was in the top 10 at the time uh, might rank as a surprise. I guess if I would have to say which position group has performed maybe a little bit above expectations, I would say the offensive line, just because that was the position group that had the most unknowns uh, going into the season. They lost both of their tackles. One of those guys was a third round NFL draft pick. The other guy was in an NFL camp during training camp. So uh, I didn't quite know what to expect from the offensive line, but as we've seen this season and particularly over the last couple of weeks, it's performing extremely well. It has, it's far exceeded my expectations. I think a lot of people, um, so I would I would agree with you there, uh, with I mean the the show that uh, Jerome Ford put on uh, you know this past Saturday against UCF as well as the Heisman talk that Des Ritter has gotten so far this year, uh, I mean including those two and others. Uh, realistically, how how many players uh, do you see do you think uh, could be drafted after this season? I mean I think the record is six. Is that record in jeopardy of being broken? Yes, I think that record will fall. That record was set in 2008, the Orange Bowl year. Uh, They had six draft picks, including Kevin Huber, who is still playing, uh, which is pretty cool. So I do expect that record to fall. Now, there are some guys that could elect to come back for another year at Cincinnati. Jerome Ford is on that list. Josh Wiley is on that list. So that could impact uh, how many guys wind up being selected. Uh, Sauce Gardner is also on that list, but he's definitely going pro. And uh, I think we'll be a first-round draft pick. So I think it's going to be maybe eight or nine uh, draft picks to uh, shatter the previous Cincinnati record. That's that's a, a lot of New Jerseys for me to buy, but that's that's a good problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, uh, I mean, that's that's really all that I have on football. Uh, you know, I, I wanted this to be a more basketball-focused podcast or, or episode of the podcast uh, for uh, for Navy this week. 
uh, what's I mean, is there something that you think the Bearcats fans should be should be on the lookout for? What's what uh, what should we notice as as we're watching the broadcasts here from our couches this week? Well, any game against Navy always begins with the possibility of being befuddled by the triple option. That's that's the first thing you talk about anytime you face Navy. Cincinnati has performed extremely well against it. The last two times the Bearcats have faced Navy, they unveiled a 4-4-3 defense. So basically eight guys up at the line of scrimmage to plug all of the gaps. And I imagine they will try to do something like that this Saturday against Navy. Uh, the kind of the wild card factor going into the game is Navy's quarterback. They've got a guy named Ty Lavatai who is a freshman. He started their season opener and then he got hurt and missed the next two games. He came back immediately. They beat UCF in his first game back. Uh, the game after that, they were beating SMU by 14 points. It was 21 to seven before SMU came back and pulled it out in the final three minutes of that game. And then in Navy's last game, Ty Lavatai suffered a concussion, was knocked out of the game again. So I don't know his status at this point for Saturday. Uh, in college football, you don't have to put out an injury report. Teams typically try to, to hide this information as much as they possibly can. So I'll say this, when Ty Lavatai has played, Navy has been a lot better than when he hasn't. So if he plays on Saturday, defending the triple option becomes a, a very realistic issue for Cincinnati, and, and hopefully the Bearcats will be able to, to handle it as, as well as they have the last two times. That's great insight. I appreciate that, Dan. Uh, let's let's switch gears here. Let's let's get to the the meat and the potatoes here that that I wanted to bring you on for. I, with all of all the the hype and the hoopla and all the uh, attention that UC football has gotten this season, I know for me basketball being just what nineteen days away now is really crept up uh, on me. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. I can't wait. Now, I haven't seen these guys practice all that much. I need to be able to do that uh, some more before they tip it off to begin the season. But I'm really impressed by the roster that Coach Miller was able to assemble under difficult circumstances. He took advantage of the transfer portal. He brought in some unbelievable big men uh, on short notice. I think Cincinnati is going to be a prolific shot blocking team, maybe one of the best in the country. And I'm really in intrigued to see how these guys gel. I think that's going to be kind of the big question mark early in the season. I, I, for sure. I mean, with, with so many new players, I mean, with, it's almost unrecognizable for, you know, from the team that we had last year to the team that we had this year, and the, the shot blockers there that you you bring up, uh, Abdul Ado and, and Hayden Koval, of their the the stat sheet is is very kind to them when it comes to defending the rim. Yeah, particularly Abdul Ado because he did it at you know the highest level. He's been playing at Mississippi State, so he's been competing against the top teams in the SEC. And he's been one of the best shot blockers in that league. So he comes in right away as a rim protector. Hayden Koval has done it as well, although at a smaller level, playing for Coach Miller at UNC Greensboro. And I would also add Victor Locken to the list. He is the 6'11", a kid from Russia who was injured last year and didn't get to play for Cincinnati. Uh, but Coach Miller said last week that he has been the most pleasant surprise at practice so far. So I think between Adu and Koval and Lockin, it's going to be hard to get layups and dunks against this Cincinnati team. 
now in your in your intro here i said uh that you had been the voice of the bearcats since 2000 did, did i get that right yes on radio since that season i also did games on fox 19 prior to that uh, basically we would broadcast any game that wasn't on national tv so i've been calling cincinnati games a little bit longer than that but uh, that is correct for my tenure as the radio voice okay so so si- since that uh, since that year how many first-year head coaches have you been around, whether it be UC football and bas- or basketball? Uh, boy, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but for basketball, all of them since Coach Huggins, and in football, all of them since Rick Minter. So that's, that's a lot of first-year head coaches. Sure. So, okay, so how, how from what you've seen in the past – can, is there something that stands out or is there something um, can you compare what Wes Miller has done so far to the coaches that you've seen in, the, in their first year in the past? You know, the circumstances are so different because of the transfer portal. You know, had Mick Cronin had the ability to do this, I'm sure he would have fared very well in picking up available transfers. He's a great recruiter, as we've seen both at Cincinnati and UCLA. So Wes Miller had a little bit of a better opportunity to kind of assemble a competitive roster on the fly. But to his credit, he was able to do it. I'm really impressed with the players that he, that he brought in for this year and the three recruits that he has commitments from for next year. Keep in mind that recruits that you're uh, trying to sign – for next season are guys that typically coaches have been working on for two or three years. And he did not have that opportunity with the guys that he has commitments from. So uh, again, I've been extremely impressed by what he's been able to do under challenging circumstances, considering that he came in late. And, and, you know, we, we just got done talking about, about football and and everything that's surrounding that does, does the buzz from the football program and all the attention they're getting, do you think that helps the momentum going into basketball season? Well, uh, sure. I think so. I mean, the fans are engaged and that's noticeable, but I also think that the atmosphere right now around the football team has definitely helped the basketball program because they've been bringing recruits in for football weekends and the atmosphere at Nippert stadium is bound to impress a high school age kid coming on a college visit. So I I think that success in football has always helped basketball and vice versa. When the basketball team has been great, I think that's helped the football program. So they go hand in hand and I'm sure uh, Wes Miller is delighted to have, you know, the number two ranked team in the country, uh, one floor up in the, in the Linder center. I I would think so as well. So one thing that, I mean, the, the circumstances with, with hiring uh, the uh, coach Miller, you know, be that as they may, they, a lot of fans were upset. Uh, they were maybe put off even uh, because they, they were really uh, pulling for, you know, someone in the Bearcats family to, to take over that role. Uh, Eric Martin, of course, w- was the, the trendy name this time around, but once coach Miller got here, he, he had, he said all the right things. He reached out to all the former players, uh, you know, had, you know, Zoom calls with them and reached out to the right people. And, you know, through all that, he has added Jamar uh, Johnson and Kyle Washington to his staff, you know, since getting here. It's, uh, from what you know, uh, what role, what roles do those two play on the coaching staff? Well, they're both 
you know, capable coaches, obviously, and in, in teaching players basketball skills. So it begins with that. But I think they're also great people that are going to be excellent mentors for these guys. I mean, DeMar Johnson's personal story is incredible, overcoming the accident that occurred early in his NBA career and, and coming back to play. And then after that, coming back to UC and earning his degree. And anybody that spent any time around Kyle Washington knows how charismatic he is, great person. Uh, he comes from a great family. I think he's going to, to be a great mentor uh, to the guys on the team. So I think both of those hires were great. And getting back to what you were talking about, about, you know, bruised feelings maybe because the hire was not a former Bearcat. I think he's done a great job at not only reaching out to those guys, but then putting his money where his mouth is by having two former Bearcats on his staff. I think that means a lot to the former players because he's shown it's not just talk. That's a good way to put it. He's he's he's. He's talked the talk and he's he's walked the walk so far, uh, and has uh, you know a lot of us excited without ever coaching or, or winning a game yet, uh, which kind of you know with the people take preseason rankings with a grain of salt, uh, but uh, Ken Palm is is definitely uh, like almost the authority, I guess. You know that's with all the different uh, polls and uh, opinions that are out there. Ken Palm seems to be a pretty um, solid uh, ranking system. Uh, I think this week, it was earlier this week, They uh, their preseason rankings came out and they have the Bearcats at 106, which, you know, behind teams like UCF in the conference, uh, behind team uh, Wichita State, Temple, uh, a lot of, there was a lot of talk on Twitter uh, about, or, you know, a lot of people reacting to those rankings. Uh, I mean, do you think that's about where the Bearcats are starting the season off this year? Honestly, I have no idea in the big picture. I do know in the American Athletic Conference, it looks like you've got two incredibly loaded teams in Memphis and Houston. Wichita State is the defending champ, although Cincinnati, you know, defeated Wichita State in the conference tournament. But really, in my mind, after Houston and Memphis, I think you've got a lot of teams that have the potential to be right there in the next group. And I really think that Cincinnati is one of those teams. I'm not discounting uh, that Cincinnati can exceed preseason expectations and, and things like being picked for sixth in the conference in the, the preseason poll. So, you know, you've got to come out with ratings. I get that. Uh, but they don't really mean that much this time of the year. For sure, for sure, and and you know w- with the rankings that you, like like you mentioned, the Bearcats picked sixth, and and the uh, AAC preseason media poll, and uh, the only player to uh, to land on the either the first or the second team is Jeremiah Davenport, which I think I mean it's safe to say he's he's probably a fan favorite at this point, uh, and uh, I'll lead you lead off uh, specific player questions asking about Jeremiah Davenport, the, the leap that he took from freshman to sophomore year was incredible. Uh, does he have another equal leap in him from sophomore to junior year? There's no question he has the potential to make a major step forward this year, and I think it begins with his physique. He's worked really hard at, at being stronger and expanding his game uh, and his physical ability. Uh, the fact that Cincinnati has one of the best strength and conditioning coaches in the country, certainly helps. And I would expect Jeremiah to be able to score in more ways 
this year. You know, last year he did a great job shooting from three-point range, particularly corner threes. He was deadly from the corners, but I think he's going to be able to get baskets in a, a greater variety of ways, and I think he's going to be better on the defensive end because of, you know, the improvement that he's made in his physique. I, I certainly hope so. I think um, he has the potential uh, to, I mean, especially for UC, if if not, uh, you know, most nights in the American, he has the potential to be the best player on the floor. I agree with that. And, you know, the fact that he was picked for second team preseason all-conference is pretty telling. There are a lot of great individual players in this league. Uh, Houston and Memphis are loaded with some great, great players. So the fact that, uh, you know, the people that, that follow this league closely expect him to be one of the top Ten players or so in the conference is pretty telling. Uh, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, you know, uh, last year was rough. Uh, I mean, I don't. There's no other way to say it. Um, I'm of the opinion that the University of Cincinnati should never lose to Vanderbilt in any in either football or basketball. Uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion. With my opinion and and a ten dollar bill, you can buy yourself a six pack. Um, but as I look through the schedule this year, um, you know, we, we start out with Evansville. We have Georgia again, who uh, embarrassed us last year, uh, you know, to be honest. Do you, uh, if you, have you looked at the, the schedule from top to bottom yet? And would you say, uh, does, does the schedule do the team any favors or is it going to be another challenging year uh, with the out-of-conference schedule like it was last year? Well, the out-of-conference schedule isn't as brutal as it was last year, there are definitely some home games on the schedule this year that, that you look at as games that Cincinnati should win. And I think that's smart scheduling for this team. There are years that you want to load up because you know that your team is going to be great and you want it to be tested and you want to, you know, have the best possible metrics come NCAA tournament time. And then there are years where you have a bunch of new players and guys that are learning how to play together and you want to have some home games against teams that you should beat. So there are teams on the schedule this year that fit that description, uh, like Alabama A&M and Presbyterian, although we all remember losing to Presbyterian years ago. But but you get the point. Uh, I think they put together a smart schedule where that is concerned. And obviously, there's some difficult tests on it as well. You mentioned Georgia. you got a road game at Xavier. I think Xavier's going to be really good this year. Illinois is on the schedule. So there are plenty of... Uh, you know, mines along the way that uh, they have to avoid stepping on. But there are also some games on there that should help this team uh, develop and, and should be games that they're able to win. I agree for sure. I think uh, I think the schedule uh, a little more favorable than last year. So so we'll definitely see how that that comes about. And, and like I said, in, in less than three weeks, it, the season's almost here with um with the new roster, you know we've we've already talked about a, a couple of different uh, big men. Uh, what are some some other players that maybe you've uh, you've heard about or have heard that have stand stood out at, at practice and and maybe the Bearcats fans should uh, be on the lookout for one of the new guys doing big things. Do you have uh, do you have a name to throw out for us? Yeah, I guess the name that I would throw out among the other new guys would be John Newman. Uh, the transfer who has played previously at a high level. Uh, he was playing in the ACC for Clemson. He was going to transfer to play for Coach Miller at UNC Greensboro. And then when Coach Miller took this job, John decided to follow him here. I've heard really good things about him. Uh, Justin Williams, who covers the Bearcats for the Athletic, wrote a great story about him, if you haven't seen that yet. Uh, you know, he, he was a double-digit score for Clemson a few years ago. 
He's a wing player. I don't think he's been a great outside shooter in the past, but it sounds like that's part of his game that maybe has improved since the last time that you know he played uh, college basketball at Clemson. So he's got good size. He's a great athlete at 6'5". I'm really eager to see him play in a Cincinnati uniform. All right, that that's solid. I know. I know. Like I said, we have plenty of of new players here. Is is there any point to guessing who the starting five might be at the, at this point in time? Well, if you do, I, I suspect you're probably going to be wrong. <laughs> we can all take a shot at it, but uh, you know, I, I don't really know uh, how valuable it's going to be until we see these guys get out there. I think they're still experimenting. Uh, with what the uh, starting lineup is ultimately going to be, I, I would too. I mean, usually, you know, the the basketball pre- preseason podcast, I, w- I would try to guess. Um, I mean, I would I would pencil in Jeremiah, and the the four the other four is anyone's guess. Yeah, I think David DeJulius is a lock to be oh. a starter, so I would say that those two are locks. Uh, Abdul Adu to me has to be a lock just based on his track record at Mississippi State. So I would put those three guys down as as likely locks. After that, I don't know. Uh, three's more than I had, so I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, you, that was that was the next question. So I, I want to be respectful of your time here tonight, Dan. I, I, I'm very excited to have you on here. Like I said before, um, I just. Uh, I told you I'd only keep you for about 20 or 30 minutes. I got just like five quick questions here for you, uh, and then I, I will let you rest in peace tonight for the, for the rest All of the right, day. fire away. All I'm right. ready. The first one, is Dan Horde competitive? Extremely. Anybody that has uh, had the misfortune of golfing with me knows that I am extremely competitive. Well, all right. Well, I, I just want to let you know that your partner, uh, Jim Kelly, his episode that he did with me a couple weeks ago is the highest listened to Go Beer Cats podcast episode. So uh, <laughs> all order t- to beat them out, but uh, I think we can do it. So that, that's good to hear. Um, you, I mean, you got to be one of the hardest uh, working men in the business and you, uh, you know, you Bengals, Bearcats, basketball, football. Do you have time to read? And if so, can you recommend something? I do have time to read, although I read books more in the off season than I do during the season. You know, there's so much prep work required to do a couple of different teams that a lot of my reading during the season uh, will be about the various teams that I'm covering and the ones that uh, the Bearcats are competing against. Uh, But let's see, what would be a good book recommendation for something that I've read recently? Um, You know, this, this isn't super recent. I guess this, uh, I probably read this book a little while ago, but it was the first thing that comes to mind. There's a book, uh, the title is Manhunter. It's about the search for Abraham Lincoln's killers. I mean, John Wilkes Booth obviously killed him, but the people that were involved, uh, it's a tremendous book. It, It really takes you back to that. Now, it's been a few years since I read it, but I think it was a 12 day search for the guys that were involved. And uh, the author of that book recreates those days in incredible detail. So if I've got to just throw out a book off the top of my head, I will go with, I think it's actually Manhunt. I think I said Manhunter earlier, but Manhunt is the book and it's great. Very nice. As My day job is, is a history teacher, so I love that answer. You're, you're hitting all, 
all the, the points tonight, Dan. I love it. Um, so yesterday I dropped a, a blog post on GoBeerCast.com titled The Top 10 Most Heartbreaking Basketball Losses Since 2000. Do you have one that stands out to you that's particularly brutal or heartbreaking? Of course I do. And uh, we all know what it is, right? Nevada. That, 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 that's the easiest answer ever. That's my number one. And I, I caught flack from uh, some from my friends. It was highly debated before I published it uh, because, you know, the, the game uh, Kenyon broke his leg is you know still fresh in a lot of people's minds. Uh, my argument was, though, if, if Kenyon doesn't break his leg and the Bearcats lose that game, no one cares. So I, <laughs> I, I had that number, too. Yeah, I, you know, maybe it's just because the wound is fresher with a Nevada game, but I loved that team. They had a 22-point lead with 11 minutes to go. Um, honestly, I think Mick Cronin is probably still Cincinnati's head coach if uh, UC didn't squander that lead and won that game, although I'm happy for him for how well things are going at UCLA, and, and I love Wes Miller. Uh, but a lot of uh, Bearcat history changed that day in Nashville, and uh, it was sad to see the season end for that great team. Well, that's for sure. Let, let, I don't want to jump down that rabbit hole because I, I don't have enough beers here to uh, <laughs> to relive that. Uh, so two questions left here. Uh, what can, If it's even possible, can you describe your week-to-week week this time of year? Yeah, I can. Uh, it's probably not as interesting as you might think. So on Monday, I do the bulk of my Bengals opponent homework, which pretty much takes all night. Okay. On Tuesday, I do the same thing for my Bearcat opponent, uh, the homework for whatever team Cincinnati is playing. Tuesday night, I also host the Luke Fickle Show. And if I've got the bulk of my homework for those two teams done on Monday and Tuesday, then the rest of the week kind of falls into place because on Wednesday night, I've got a two-hour Bengals show. Um, on Friday, I've got a three-hour Bengals show, depending on where UC is playing and where the, the Bengals are playing. Obviously, I could be traveling on Friday or Saturday or whatever. So the, the real key to my week is getting a lot of done work, a lot of work done, excuse me, on Monday and Tuesday uh, to make sure that I'm in good shape for the rest of the week. That's good stuff. All right. Last question here, Dan. We brought up or I brought up Ken Palm earlier. Uh, I, I think that I, I forget the numbers exactly. I want to say they uh, predict the Bearcats being over 500, uh, something like 17 and 14. Uh, don't quote me on that, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, is this year's Bearcat uh, basketball team better than 500? Yes. Yes. I will say definitively that they will finish with a winning record, and I think that they can exceed – the numbers that uh, you just took from Ken Palm. I think this is a team that can do a little better than that. And I really look forward to seeing how they look. Um, from what I've seen at practice, the spirit is really good. I mean, these guys seem to really like each other, like the staff. Um, the vibe is good. And I think there's some talent on this team. I'm not sure they're going to score a ton of points. It might remember or might resemble some of the early Mick Cronin years where you know, they had to scratch and claw and win games 53 to 51. But honestly, I don't care about style points, particularly for basketball. That's been a big topic in football. But uh, if they win 53-51 or 48-45 or 
60 to, to 56, who cares as long as they win. And I think with some of the rim protectors they have and Wes Miller's emphasis on defense, I think he's a lot like Coach Cronin in, in that respect. I think this team is actually going to do pretty well. Awesome. I, I, I love it, Dan. I, I certainly appreciate uh, your time this evening. Uh, I'll, hopefully, in, in the near future, we will be in uh, Miami, maybe Goodyear, Arizona. Uh, maybe we can we can link up. I'll, I'll buy you a beer before the Bearcats take on whether whether it be the the one seed, the two, the three seed. It doesn't matter. Hopefully, we'll be there and ready for a great game here in just a few short months. You know that sounds great to me. I will take you up on that offer. And if it doesn't happen at one of the semifinal games, the national championship is in Indianapolis. So uh, how great would that be? If the UC football team could play for a national championship within driving distance of Cincinnati. I mean, the, the fans that traveled to Notre Dame has already made a statement. We're, we're 2-0 in the state of Indiana. We'll make it 3-0. There ready. you go. I like the way you think. Yes, sir. Uh, Dan, uh, uh, thanks again. It's been great, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Brandon, thanks for having me on. I appreciate, appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Yes, sir. Thank you.